It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Well, apparently I was wrong on A.J. Henning returning to his home state and playing for the Illinois Final Line. He has chosen a different school as he entered the transfer portal from Michigan, so I was wrong about that. The Big Ten win over totals for each team are now available on DraftKings and FanDuel. And so we're going to discuss, are there any shockers for the total wins over under for any team? Is there any shockers or anyone that stick out to me or anybody else? So we're going to discuss that. And there was a cryptic tweet by Terrence Shannon Jr. for the Illinois Final Line basketball team. We're going to play it and give the thoughts on what we think he meant by this tweet. Uh, welcome back into the Coach Steve Show. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow him right on Apple and iTunes. Leave a five-star review and a normal review. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Um, all that good stuff. Check out all the affiliates, all that good stuff. Um, so A.J. Henning had entered the transfer portal for Michigan. He had went to um, high school in Illinois, and he was heavily recruited by the University of Illinois as well. So when he entered the transfer portal, I made a case for him to say to come home to the University of Illinois. It would be a great fit. Go check out that video as to why he would be a great fit. Um, I was half right. I said come back to his home state of Illinois and go to the University of Illinois. But he had chosen to go to a different school in the Big Ten as well, and he has decided to go to Northwestern. Why he decided to go to Northwestern? Well, he just felt like it was a better fit. Um, you have to look at the landscape of each team. You have to treat the transfer portal 
like a free agent in the NFL, where are you going to fit in on the roster? What's going to be your role? Uh, and the transporter, you're going to go have conversations with the head coach, the offensive coordinators, the defensive coordinators. You're going to look at the roster and see, okay, am I going to get a starting spot? Who do I have to compete with? What could my role possibly be? Especially when you're AJ Henning and at Michigan, you were used as a special teams guy, kick return guy. You got a couple catches, but you were mainly a special teams guy. And so the question is going to be, Wherever he goes, was he going to be just a tra- was he going to be a special teams guy? Was he just going to be a punt returner, kick returner? Was he going to be a gunner to go down and tackle, or was he going to go to a place that he could possibly fit in as a wide receiver? Because if you're just going to be a special teams guy, you might as well just stay at Michigan, because that's where you would find your way onto the field. You would have an opportunity to play for a Big Ten title. You have the opportunity to beat Ohio State again, and you just went to the college football playoff. So you have those opportunities. So going to Northwestern, he felt that there is a possible opportunity that he can do some special teams, but there is a possibility that he could sit, could go be a slot receiver. Uh, Northwestern had a couple guys, you know, transfer out. They've had a couple guys transfer in, but he just probably just felt like, hey, and the type of offense they do, they need some slot guys, they need some jet guys, they need, you know, wing guys. I can be that person. I can also be a punt returner. I can do all these things. So he just felt like from an offense perspective and a personnel perspective, he had to look at it all and say, this is a better fit for me where I can get some catches. He'd be like a Devin Hester when he was with the Bears. Starts off as a special teams guy, and then they slowly start to put him as a wide receiver. Now when you put him at wide receiver, it's going to scale back a little bit of the special teams, but... This is what he felt like was was possible. I got to watch Northwestern practice up front last year, and I think that even though I would love for him to come to U of I, I feel like that was a better fit. I feel like U of I, where they're at and where they're going, he would be a fit there. But he'll make a great fit at Northwestern. Uh, Coach Fitzgerald, they had a down year. They will not have a down year very long. They will not stay down. So I think this is another good spot for him. It's just we're in a weird time where you could transfer from a school in the Big Ten and go to another Big Ten school. But again, we live in an era where they can transfer wherever they want. It's a free agency, but I, he'll be a good fit. He'll he'll make some impact. And, and like I said for the talk I had about trying to get him to the University of Illinois, he won't just be a slot guy. That's primarily where he is. But you could still line him up as an outside receiver. You know, we get too caught up in he's just an outside receiver. He's just a slot receiver. You can have formations that put them in a slot. You can have formations that put them as the wideout as far as they can go. And you can have him be a jet guy from that position. You can line him up in the backfield. Like, we just get too caught up in putting them, labeling them and saying, you're just this, you're just this. So I think he's going to do well at Northwestern. The more I thought about it when I saw it, with the type of offense they're running there, he'll be a good fit, and he'll find immediate playing time there, especially that wide receiver room that they need some spark to it. So he will be a good fit there at Northwestern. I was just wrong trying to get him to the University of Illinois. And so, you know, he'll he'll do great, um, but I will have to root against him when they do play University of Illinois. But I do like Northwestern after – seeing the practice and talking to Coach Fitzgerald in person and their O-line coach, who I've become a big fan of, and everybody there, they, they were fantastic. And so he'll, be, he'll do great there. So A.J. Henning is off to Northwestern, and he will make a great impact there as well. Um, 
per DraftKings, they came out their win totals, win under total for the Big Ten. So we're going to talk, we're going to show um, exactly the Big Ten win loss total here. Um, so let's discuss who they have. Uh, they have Michigan at 10.5, they have Ohio State at 10.5, Penn State at 9.5, uh, Wisconsin at 9, Iowa 7.5. Maryland 7.5, Illinois 6.5, Minnesota 6.5, Nebraska 6, Michigan State 5.5, Purdue 5.5, Indiana 3.5, Northwestern, who we just talked about, 3.5, Rutgers, none. So they they don't really have anything up for Rutgers. So we're not going to talk about all of them. There's a couple here that surprise me as to why they are where they are especially of their seasons of last year and their schedules of this year. So we're just going to talk about a handful of teams here. Um, some of these are spot on. Some, you know, the win total, um, they're going to be spot on. But some of these do surprise me just a little bit. Um, so let's talk about the ones that I think that um, surprise me a little bit. Um, either surprise me or why they are the way they are. So... The first one we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about the Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue Boilermakers, they're predicted, their win total is 5.5. That's their win total win. Now, they lost their head coach to Louisville. They don't have their quarterback. But they have a brand new head coach and previous defensive coordinator, Coach Walters, and he brought some University of Illinois staff with him. You have Drew Brees there um, consulting with quarterbacks. They have got guys coming from the transfer portal. They have guys that were recruited well. And so their win total right now is 5.5. I think that you could look at their schedule here and find somewhere somehow that they could compete to get over that five win mark. I won't necessarily, you know, we'll do that later on. But watching what Coach Walters did at Illinois with the defense and the way Coach Bielema he learned under him who was turning around that University of Illinois program, you would have to sit here and looking at their schedule and show it is a tough schedule, but you would have to sit here and say, I think that they could get to that mark. I'm kind of shocked it was at 5.5 at first. Then you look at this and say, I see why it's a 5.5, but they still have the coaching staff, the resurgence, the excitement there to that where they can get to that. You look at their first two, Virginia Tech's kind of been down. Fresno State's down. Or not down, they're pretty good, but by principle and the type of defense they're going to run, you would be suspect to say that they couldn't win those games. The Syracuse game is going to be tough. The Wisconsin game, resurgence there of their coaching staff and the transfers they got there is going to be tough. Illinois is going to be tough. They, they could beat Iowa, even though they have a quarterback this year, apparently. They could – that's a tough game, but they could win there. Ohio State's tough. But you have to sit there and say it's suspect that they could beat Nebraska. Michigan would be tough. And it's not suspect that they could go in there and beat Minnesota, Northwestern, or Indiana. So the 5.5 is probably exactly where they need to be. But I could see them getting above or just right there. But I, with the coaching staff they have there, with the players they have there, it's not out of the realm that they could sit there and win the first two games of their season – Sneak a win out of Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana for the six, 
and then just, you know, sneak another win in there too to get to seven, eight wins in Coach Walter's first year there at Purdue. So it's going to be very interesting to see the win total there from them at the 5.5, exactly how it's going to go. But there is an energy there that was not there before. Coach Walter's bringing a uh, swagger there. He's come in and treating it like the way Coach Bielma was treating Illinois. You see them with the basketball coaches. You see him with the other coaches, the way he's recruiting. He's using social media, the way he they're learning that. And so I, it would not be a shock that if they go above that five-win mark either. The other team that is we're going to talk about with their win total over-under is Michigan State. Michigan State, what a fall from grace for Michigan State. And here's what I mean by a fall from grace for Michigan State. Their win total projected is 5.5 as well as Purdue. Now, the reason why I say a fall from grace is because Mel Tucker gets there, and they do relatively well at the very beginning of the year. His first year, they do very well, but they lose their running back. So you you think, okay, they're going to come in. He, they pay him all this money, and everything's good. He comes in and wins right away. It's the Matt Nagy effect where they come in, he wins right away, and then now the expectations are through the roof. Well, Mel Tucker comes in, wants to change culture, wants to do all these things, does. They win. They win big games. They were ranked in the college playoff. Then coming in, they're going to pay him this money because he's doing well. They want him to stay, so this big buyout has been put in there. This guaranteed money's put in there. Then they go five and seven. They go five and seven last year, three and six in the Big Ten. Now, well, there was injuries. You have to adapt. Um, you know, it's still you have to get his guys in there. The transfer portal, everything else. They didn't have a run game. Quarterback was injured. Okay, you look at those things. Okay, that's fine. But then you have your best receiver this year into the transfer portal late, which then causes your quarterback to transfer out late. So now you're scrambling around trying to figure out your run game. You're scrambling trying to figure out who your quarterback's going to be, and you're scrambling trying to figure out who your wide receiver is going to be. So you go five and seven overall last year, three and six in the Big Ten. I'm su- sort of surprised looking at their schedule. The only reason why, looking at their schedule, they could win more is probably because they don't know what a Rutgers is going to be. They don't know what Maryland's going to be. And they're probably not sure about Indiana or Nebraska. That is probably why Michigan State's in there at 5-5. Five and five. And I think DraftKings and Vegas is trying to give the benefit of the doubt, saying, well, they're Michigan State. Mel Tucker's paid all this money. He's coached under Nick Saban, all of them. They'll figure it out. 5.5, looking at the schedule, it's kind of generous. It really is. Because if you look at their schedule, they open up against Central Michigan. By principle, you would think Michigan State should win that game. But never underestimate the smaller Division ones or the FC, FCS schools right out of the gate because that could be one they lose. Richmond, by principle, they could beat. Washington is a good football team. That is going to be an extremely tough game. That's going to be an extremely tough battle for them, especially with your quarterback situation, your run game situation, and now your wide receiver situation. Maryland is always – Maryland is cooking on a pan. It's cooking on a pan. Sometimes you have this big fizzle where they just fizzle out, it shrimps up and you don't see them again, or it's just perfect where they're going to come in and just beat you and compete. They've been very weird that way over the last couple of seasons, but you never know with them. Iowa – is a toss-up. What kind of offense are they going to have this year? Are they going to have any type of offense this year whatsoever? Are they going to fizzle on offense, or is their defense going to step up and beat just like they were last year to keep them in games? Rutgers, 
it's always a trap game because you kind of overlook Rutgers here and there. But it's very possible that they beat Rutgers there too. Michigan's going to be tough. Minnesota's always disciplined. You don't know what you're going to get out of Nebraska. Ohio State, they're not going to beat Ohio State. You don't know what you're going to get out of Indiana. And Penn State is poised to have another competitive year this year to try to get back to what they've been. So the 5.5, where do they get 5.5 wins? Maybe their first two. They can go on a three-game losing streak, beat Rutgers, so there's three. Are they trying to say they're going to beat Indiana and Nebraska for their fourth? Are they trying to say they're going to beat Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana? Maybe they could have with Peyton Thorne there. Maybe they could have with all of their guys there and they have some type of run game going. I just don't see how they can even get to a 5, 5.5 when you're looking at over-under. I don't see it. And we'll talk more as the season, you know, in the summer and the fall camp. I just don't see it. So this would have fall from grace for Michigan State um, down here from what they were. You know, winning a lot of games, being ranked in the college football playoff, you know, slipping up there to, to you know, get into the playoff. But, man, what a fall from grace for Mel Tucker and the Michigan State Spartans. Um, the last team we're going to talk about, and, oh, my gosh, what a big surprise that Coach Steve is going to talk about this team is the University of Illinois. Their win total projections more than Michigan State. They are sitting at a 6.5. 6.5 wins. Now, Illinois last year, um, they didn't win as many games as they wanted. They let some games slip away. Um, they ended up winning. They go 8-5, and 5-4 five, five and four in conference. They were, they were poised to get to the Big Ten title game. Just couldn't pull out some of their games late. So right now, they're sitting at 6.5. The reason why they're sitting at 6.5 and not an 8 or a 7 closer because they won eight games last year. So you would think if they won eight games last year, they would sit at the 7, 7.5 win. They're sitting at 6.5. And this is for a couple reasons, I think. One, people look at this and say, well, it's the University of Illinois. The amount of comments I get when I talk about the University of Illinois is, well, you're Illinois. That, that's all it is. And I get it. Coach Bielma's trying to turn it around. They understand it. This is University of Illinois. This is who we are. This is who they are. Fine. So so they're, they have to have the faith of that Illinois can just win consistently, which they have not proven. So fine. I understand that. And I'm sure staff at the University of Illinois, they understand it. They understand the expectations they're setting up for themselves. The other reason why they're setting this here is because of losing Chase Brown, because of losing all of our defensive players. You know, the Brown brothers, Chase Brown and Sidney Brown. We're losing Tommy DeVito. Um, you know, you're losing your left tackle and right tackle. Like, I get it. You're losing players. You're getting a transfer quarterback in. They're going to want to wait and see how the offense is going to go. You're lost some coaching staff. Aaron Henry is now the defensive coordinator. You're trying to develop some cornerbacks and safeties to try to, you know, be like a Devin Witherspoon and 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 company that have gone into the draft. I get it. That is why they're saying 6.5. The other reason is to look at their schedule and because of the other Big Ten teams. When you look at the other Big Ten teams, I think it's because what's Nebraska going to be, which we have talked about. How is Nebraska going to be with Coach Rule? Are they going to come in and just sweep the nation? They're going to get to 8 to 9, 10 wins, or are they going to get to 4 and 6 wins? They don't know what Iowa really will be. They don't really know what Wisconsin's going to be. Like I said, Maryland can fizzle out, or they could be hot. Northwestern. What are they going to be like? So Purdue. So their schedule has a ton this year of what ifs. They have a ton of toss ups, and so it's going to be. And you don't have a proven quarterback. He looks good. Everything coming out of camp for the spring 
has sounded good. The spring game looked good. But that is why they're sitting at 6.5. But there's still that part of me that's looking at the schedule and what they were, the coaching. They could get above six wins. Now their expectations just keep growing. Toledo, they should win even though Toledo is good. The Kansas game is going to be very, very interesting to watch because Kansas did very well, as we know, last year. They, you know, they did very well. Um, Penn State's poised to be good. Florida Atlantic, you can never sleep on. Um, then that big matchup with your old defensive coordinator with Purdue. What's Nebraska going to look like? Is Maryland going to be hot? What What is Wisconsin going to look like with their first-year coaching staff? Is Minnesota going to be the Minnesota of before and win 11 games? Are they going to be the the team that only wins five? Is Indiana, you know, that it's a revenge game from last year? Is Iowa going to have an offense at all? Is Northwestern going to be beat up by the end of the year like they were last year? So those are questions as to why the 6.5 for the University of Illinois. Still a little bit of lack of respect there from where they were when Coach Bielema first got there to what they did last year. I think they're going to fly under the radar a little bit again this year or fly right in the middle, but that is why they have that at the 6.5. I could see them winning more than 6.5. From what they are doing there, with who the player they're going to have at quarterback, even though I know he's unproven, cool. That means defensive coordinators don't know how to stop him. No offense to Chase Brown. We are going to miss Chase Brown, but now you have multiple running backs you can use. Now the offense is going to look different, and if you have a guy that can throw it like a Tommy DeVito, but can also move, the offense is going to look a little different. How their defense is going to look, well, you might see a little bit more zone. You might see matchup zone. You might see different zone blitzes, those type of things. So it's just going to be different. So teams at the very beginning of the year aren't going to really know how to combat them because they're going to look completely different. So I think at the beginning of the year, they can compete. And then as they develop and they get better at the thing at the things they're going to do, they could get above that 6.5. But that is why for the University of Illinois, they are at 6.5. No respect, but cool. Let's fly under the radar. I am cool with that. To end the show, we're going to talk about Illinois basketball. And we're going to talk about Terrence Shannon Jr. He declared for the NBA draft with the possibility of returning. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll return to Illinois, but he could return. But most likely, if he were to return, it would be to the University of Illinois. But we are just sitting and waiting, sitting and waiting. Well, then, finally, um, he puts up this cryptic tweet. And so we will play it. You guys, figure out for yourself what this cryptic thing means for me. Um, So let's find out. What does it mean to you? Make it. They're already saying that you're not good enough. They already have a side conversation with side people saying you're not about what you say. Prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Prove them wrong. Make them feel like they should have stayed quiet when they had the chance. Make them eat their words. It's a million people in this world, but you're not one of them. Mm-mm. You're not one of them because you didn't come to play. You came to get your point across respectfully. Big dog. Turn them up. Yeah, that's right. Say less. Say less. Say less. Everyone is crowded in the house less. here. so he just puts up this basically a highlight tape 
of University of Illinois time together and decided to put that up. So it's a little cryptic. Does this mean he's coming back to the University of Illinois? Does this mean he just wanted to put up these highlights to help his NBA draft stock? Did he just put this up because he loved his time at the University of Illinois? I have no clue. I want you to comment what you think this means. Is he not ready for the NBA draft? Is his draft status not where he wants it to be? Is he looking at the roster and saying, if I come back and we get another point guard, we're going to make some noise at Illinois. I can be that leader and their score and we do well and my draft status is going to go up, up, up. I have no clue. I tweeted, I said, does this thing, does this mean what I think it means? And I hope it does. I hope that this is just him flirting with the idea to come back, that maybe the NBA is not going to work out. Now we're going to wait for Coleman Hawkins to say something, even though I think he'll just continue on to the NBA draft. But Terrence Shannon Jr., what does this mean? Does this mean you're coming back to the University of Illinois? I hope so, even though I want you to do well in the NBA. I hope this means you're coming back. Please let us know what that means soon. That wraps up this episode of the Coach Steve Show. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow and rate it on Apple and iTunes. Um, leave a comment in the comment section down below. Check out all the affiliates. Leave a five-star review. Um, all that good stuff. Um, you know, Check out all the other videos. Um, so thank you guys again for watching and or listening. This is Coach Steve, and we will see you guys next time.